Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Hi, Gayatri. Can you hear me? Yes, uh, Rebecca. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Rebecca Chen. I'm a partner with Freddie and Newman. I'll be doing the conference today instead of Rahul. Um, Gayatri, uh, if you could start with the first uh, question. Sure, Rebecca. Sai? Hey, um, Rebecca. Thanks for uh, taking my call. I have a quick question. Uh, this might help everyone. So I have uh, interfiled my medicals uh, a month ago. So my priority date is uh, April 2013. Um, and I have downgraded in October 2020. I-140 is approved uh, in May 2021 in premium processing. And uh, biometrics are done this week. So um, medicals I submitted in, in uh, early July and uh, uh, I have interfiled them. I didn't receive an RFE or anything. So now the question is, um, given all the clues we are getting in the media and in social media around the uh, you know, USCIS rushing to give green cards as much as possible by end of uh, September. Would it make sense for me to get another set of medicals and keep it ready in the off chance we get an RFE for medicals, maybe, I don't know, September 10th, September 15th, and then just respond uh, in time so that we don't uh, lose the chance to get uh, approved by end of September. Mm -hmm. So do you see any value in spending the money and then keeping the medicals ready? Because I mean, 60 days is uh, from now is beyond September 30th. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think they would, they would expire. So do you see any right. value in that? There's no harm, certainly, in having an extra set of medical exams on hand in case you do get an RFE so that it's right there ready for you to send in as soon as you get an RFE. So there's no harm in doing it. Whether um, we would recommend it, um, from what we've seen, if you are going to get an RFE, UCS has been sending alerts personally to the applicants by email, sometimes by phone. So if you haven't gotten that yet, and especially if you've already submitted your medical on your own, interfiled it, that may be because they have actually been successful in matching up your medical exam to your file and that they are not needing to send an RFE for you because they already have your medical exam. So it could end up being unnecessary, but it it can't hurt. If you want, you could also just wait to see if you get that notice, um, that text alert or phone call or email from USCIS before um, getting the medical exam. If you already know which doctor you plan to go to and can you know make an appointment pretty quickly, that would be fine too, so that you don't end up spending money that may not be necessary. Yeah, I mean, ten. It takes ten days. Uh, it took me at least. Uh two weeks to get the medicals done last mm. time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so follow-up uh, uh, question. 
I mean, I have a given name. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a three-worded name. So it's, it's Venkata Sai Krishna. And uh, so in all the communications since like uh, 2011 uh, in my H1B visa uh, receipt notice from then on, even to, 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 to today uh, for the I-485 receipt notice, the last A is wow. missing. And uh, my lawyer says it's a character limit issue. Yeah. So when I went to the biometrics, uh, the name was exactly like how it is on the um, receipt notice without the last A. And uh, the lady there, she said I should uh, check with USCIS just to make sure that my name is full. Um, is this a common problem? Yeah, just on the receipt notice, there's a limit on how much, how many characters they're able to fit on the actual notice. But if it showed up on your in your biometrics, then it should be fine. It shows that they do have the full name on record. It's just that the full. In the biometric system also, it, it didn't have the last letter. Um, yeah, it may just be the character limit. Um, okay. Okay. To try calling USCIS's customer service line, you can just to check, but most likely it should be fine. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. That's all I have. Kavita? Hi. Hi, Rebecca. Uh, I got my uh, date current in June, which is October 2011, and uh, I-140 is already approved. Uh, but uh, my case got transferred to NVC. Uh, does that mean I have to uh, go for an interview or what? It was filed with Nebraska, but it got transferred to NVC. Uh, I'm not, not sure. Yeah. Um, USCIS is there doesn't seem to be a very particular reason when or where files are being transferred between different service centers, field offices, the National Benefits Center. Um, I would say under kind of normal circumstances, if an interview was required, they would transfer it to NBC and then to the local field office where your interview would be held. But we're seeing um, just kind of all sorts of scenarios right now. It looks like USCIS is just distributing files wherever um, there is capacity to process them in an effort to try to speed up their I-485 processing and get as many applications approved before the end of this fiscal year as possible. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you will be scheduled for an interview. It may just be they're transferring files there to try to process them. Okay. And I'm changing the company with uh, 485 because it's been more than six months. I got EAD also <laughs> and EAD is in renewal. I applied for renewal also, okay. uh, but it's not yet approved. Can I change the company? And also uh, when I'm changing the company, I have to file AC21 uh, at uh, 485J. Should yeah. I file medical along with it? Yeah, you can. If you have not submitted your medical exam yet, um, either with the I-485 initially or interfiled it, and if you are planning to submit an I-485J supplement, you can go ahead and include your medical at the same time. It doesn't have to do that. Um, as far as changing while your EAD renewal is pending, that is fine as long as um, the EAD renewal was filed on time before your current EAD expired, then your, your current EAD is considered automatically renewed for six months from when the card expires while the I-765 renewal is pending. So you should still have kind of a six month buffer. Okay, sure. Yeah, it is applied six months before uh, my okay. expiry. Thank you. Sure. Burla? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, hi Rebecca, thanks for taking my call. 
my situation is different. So I got my green card. My green card was approved uh, two weeks back. Um, they, they, they sent the card, but USPS missed the card somewhere. So even my case, as well as my wife, both the cases. So we didn't receive the cards. It's been a week. So what are my options? I mean, like, um, what should I do? Um, on the USCIS case status website, what does it, does it say that USPS was unable to deliver? No, card? it says it's delivered. It's delivered. So the status is showing as it's delivered, but I don't receive them at all. It's been a week, okay. actually. I contacted um, USPS as well. They were not able to track it. So... And has your address changed? Did you ever no, submit like an AR-11? No, I got all my EADs, my, even my uh, green card approval notice also uh, received actually a couple of uh, days back. Uh, okay. Um, have you checked with your attorney's office by chance? Did it get mailed there? No, they, I checked with them as well. It did not reach them as well. Okay. Um, yeah, that is kind of difficult. Um, yeah, the only thing... if. USPS isn't being cooperative. The only thing you can do is try calling USCIS's customer service line. They're most likely not going to be that helpful either. They're probably mm -hmm. just going to say that according to their records, USPS delivered it. Um, all you can do is kind of tell them that you did not receive the card. And I would maybe give it another week or so. If it still doesn't show up, in the mail, you may need to apply for a replacement card on the I-90. Okay, how long that's gonna take, Rebecca, normally? Unfortunately, the I-90 is not very quick. It's a couple of months at least, if not okay. longer. You can try to include a request to expedite it for non-delivery of your original card, and UCIS may try to kind of expedite the replacement. Um, yeah, it does sound like mostly it would be, yeah, you can try USCIS to see if by chance it got sent back to the service center, but most likely they're just going to repeat what's on the case status website. I would maybe try one more time with USPS because okay. it's showing delivered, but you don't have it. It means they delivered it to someone else, like a wrong address, and maybe okay. that person will send it back return to sender or something like that. Sure. Um, so what status are we in right now? So it's saying like my green card is approved. So I'm in green card status or yeah. Um, status? Yeah. So you should still also have an I-485 approval. The case status website should show that your I-485 is approved. Mm -hmm. Based on that, you are a permanent resident. It's just a matter of tracking down the card. Okay, so my wife actually was on H1 and I'm on H1. So since both got approved, so even she, her H1 will, her status will lose right now or uh, will, will she can continue yeah. on H1 for some more time? Both, well, if her I-485 receipt notice shows that it was also approved, then she's also a permanent resident. Okay, so can we still work legally right now? Meaning actually, yes. so because we don't have cards in hand, so what is the proof that, uh, that we are... Uh, Legal so now. your employer would not need to re-verify your I-9 until your H the document that they had on file was set to expire anyway. So even if you had the green cards in hand right now, you're not required to bring them to your employer to show them until the I-9 rules require that they re-verify. So you are authorized to continue working right now. 
can I travel as well? I mean, like with that uh, missing. That is cards? more difficult. It is better to have the card in hand before you travel. If you don't have the card in hand, you would need to get an I-551 stamp in your passport, which is kind of the equivalent of a green card um, for travel purposes in the passport. But you can only get that from a local USCIS office and they have been kind of limited in scheduling those. I would try contacting USCIS and just wait for a bit to see if it does show up in the mail. Okay, so if my EAD is still uh, valid, so can I still use EADs or EADs is not valid anymore? No, the EAD is not valid anymore. You are a permanent resident. Okay. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you so much. Malini? Malini? Seema? Yes. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, so my question is, I'm planning to go to India because of some emergency. Um, I'm also planning to block my H4 stamping appointment. I do qualify for Dropbox. Uh, I'm, and my current stamping is till December 2021. So my question is, what happens in scenario if they hand over some 221G form? Can I still come back here? Yes, because before December, you can. Okay. okay. And also my H4 and H4 EAD extension has been filed last okay. month. So what will happen with that application? Do I have to? They can continue to be pending. Um, okay. They can even an extension and not a change of status, they can continue to be pending and even be approved while you're okay. outside the country. Okay. Okay. So I don't have to get any NIE uh, certificate, right? Not if you are planning to quarantine for 14 days in a different country on your way back. So the valid visa stamp um, mm -hmm. that's valid until December for you right now, um, mm -hmm. I would... If you can return before December on the current stamp, I would kind of plan to. You can try the Dropbox, but I wouldn't um, bet on that too much. Even at the Dropbox, people are getting 221Gs. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can return before December on your current stamp, I would plan to do so. But if while the travel ban is still in place, you would need to travel directly from India to the U.S. You would need an NIE. Those are difficult to obtain right now, unless you have U.S. citizen children. If you do, yes. then that's very easy yes. to qualify for. Yes, I do have. Okay, then yes. that should be pretty simple. Then, yeah, you okay. can request an NIE based on that. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Muruli? Muruli? Ahmed? Yes, hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. I can't see. I can hear you. Okay, great. You know, mm -hmm. uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm kind of in a tight situation here. Um, my employer applied for the labor certificate end of April, and we're still waiting. Now my cap, six-year cap, it's in September 9th, okay? So I'm thinking about applying for uh, changing status to F1. Would that affect my 
uh, st uh, change of status when I get to the green card point of uh, the I-485? Uh, not necessarily. You would um, just try to change back to H-1B probably when the PERM is approved and the I-140 is approved and you're eligible for more H-1B time. Or it is an option also that if you plan to stay in F-1 status, you could technically apply for the I-140 and I-45 while in F-1 status. Um, the only thing to be careful about is while you're in F-1 status, once the I-140 is filed, it's recommended that you don't travel internationally because you will probably have difficulty trying to come into the country in F-1 status when there's an I-140 on record. That kind of contradicts the non-immigrant intent that F-1 students are supposed to have. But if you are already here in the U.S. in F-1 status, you can actually file for the I-140 and I-45 as long as you are prepared to not travel basically until you get the advanced parole or the green card. All right, thank you very much. Um, do you have any other recommendation on somebody with my situation getting to a six year cap? And I'm actually from Libya and there's no backlog. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it is just a matter of waiting for the perm then. Um, so it could potentially just be a matter of a few months if it was filed in April, it will most likely be approved in November around there. And then you can apply for the I-140 and I-485. It may take another four to six months to get the EAD um, based on the pending I-485. So that puts it at more like next April. Um, the main other option besides changing to F-1 is uh, that some people will depart the country before the end of their six-year H-1B limit. Because any time you spend outside the U.S. is not counted towards, it's not counted as H-1B time. So if they leave before the end of their six-year limit, and for example, um, some people just uh, work from India or um, from Mexico, work remotely um, until the I-140 can be approved, and the employer can file an H-1B to bring them back into the U.S. Um, so that they can resume work in the U.S. as soon as possible and then file the I-45. In your case, um, because you'll be able to file the I-45 immediately, basically once the perm is approved, um, yeah, it's kind of up to you and we're situation with your employer if they are able to authorize you to work remotely from another country until the I-140 um, can be approved if they want to file an H-1B for you or if they're not planning to file another H-1B for you then you know you'll need to wait for the EAD anyway and the F-1 in that situation is probably the better option. Thank you very much. Sure. Rishan? Hi. Uh, good afternoon. Hello. So, uh, so my question is that my priority date is uh, June 2015. Do you think in October uh, visa bulletin, my date would be current for date of filing? Yeah, I would say there's a good chance. Um, with the newest visa bulletin that just came out, um, kind of what the dates in the most recent visa bulletin sort of indicate to us is because 
ED3 has reached 2014, which is where the filing dates were last year for or last October for EB3 and is for EB2, it's actually gone beyond what it was at last October. That sort of indicates to us that USCIS is trying to finish all the I-485s or approve as many I-485s as they can in the remainder of this fiscal year, which frees up more of the new fiscal year's green cards to go to brand new applicants, which means they can move the dates forward more significantly than if, you know, 100,000 green cards were going to be wasted, like it was um, a possibility before. Yeah. Um, so for a 2015 party date, I would, at, we don't know for sure, of course, but I would estimate there's a very good chance that 2015 um, party dates would be able to file in this next fiscal year. Yeah, another quick question is, uh, with this um, uh, I-693 uh, temporarily mm -hmm. extending, do you think that even in October, uh, this rule will be applicable for four years so that when I it file? Looks, yeah, it looks like it will be. Um, so what that expansion means is it doesn't really expand the amount of time that from from the time you get the exam from the doctor's office, you still only, you have to submit it within 60 days to USCIS in order for that exam to be valid. But that just means that once USCIS has it, um, it will remain valid for up to four years. We're hoping that doesn't mean that USCIS is predicting that it will take four years to, um, you know, approve the I-485, but, um, that will kind of cut out an extra step of submitting new medical exams later if your I-485 is pending for more than two years. Got it, thank you. Sunil? Yeah, hi, uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, my situation is where my, uh, my wife and mine AOS is submitted. I'm a beneficiary, a dependent beneficiary. So, mm -hmm. My attorney, uh, when I submitted my original birth certificate, um, uh, my attorney suggested that there's a mismatch of one letter between my birth certificate and the passport. And he suggested because birth certificate is correct, just submit it. And if we have an RFE, we can uh, give an affidavit. Mm -hmm. Do you suggest updating the passport with the birth certificate now or after getting green card? No, I wouldn't worry about it at all. I actually don't think you will even get an RFE um, about it. It's pretty common that the name on the birth certificate doesn't match exactly to what's in the passport. Um, but I would say we never really get RFEs questioning the difference in name. If it's clear that it's referring to the same person, I've never seen USCIS send an RFE about that. Um, the only times USCIS would send an RFE about a birth certificate is if there's no birth certificate or if all you submit is like a non-availability certificate, then you need to get affidavits from people who can attest to your birth. Um, but if you have an, an official birth certificate, just a small difference in name is not going to be a problem. I don't think you'll even get an RFE. I definitely would not change your passport. Yeah, because if I change, I have to change all the 140. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would not recommend that at all. Okay, so one question, sorry. Uh, so if I 
uh, if I stay with that, what should I write the name on the I-485? My passport name or my... Yeah, match it up to your passport. Um, any forms that you fill in should match your name as it appears on your passport. Oh, okay, okay. But after getting green card, if I were to change, then we can uh, apply for the change in the green card name. Right? I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay, okay. Now it's not advisable at all to touch the passport, right? <laughs> I would not. Definitely don't. I don't think it will be a problem at all. I don't think you'll get an RFE even. Okay, thank you very much. Sahi? Uh, hello, ma'am. Uh, hello. Yeah, my question is like, uh, my uh, recently I have uh, sent uh, as a response to RFE my medicals and I am waiting for a decision. Mm -hmm. My priority date is uh, 2010 uh, uh, November. Um, uh, like, uh, uh, but I have got uh, some uh, job problem. Like, uh, but I have I have got uh, the EAD also. Um, like, uh, do I need to? Uh, can I, if in case, can I change the employer at this moment? Uh, or uh, the so your I forty five has been pending for at least six months at this point, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. And if you have the EAD, is the I-140 approved? Yes, approved. Okay. Yeah, then you are fine to change employers um, using AC-21, especially because you have the EAD, that makes it even easier. You don't need an H-1B transfer or anything else. So if you have a job offer from a different company, as long as the work you're doing is substantially similar to the work that you have been doing for the I-140 petitioner, it's absolutely fine. You can join them on the EAD. Uh, the only thing that the new employer would need to submit to USCIS is the J supplement can, that describes your position with them so that USCIS can make sure it's substantially similar. There's no filing fee associated with the J supplement. Oh, you mean uh, if uh, my 485 has not been uh, approved by the time uh, I joined the new employer, and, uh, the new employer yeah. has to uh, submit the J, right? Yes, it's recommended that they submit it, um, I would say within a month of your joining, although some different attorneys are of different opinions. Some attorneys say that you don't need to submit the J supplement until you get an RFE from USCIS asking for it. That is also an option. We usually recommend that if the company is willing to file the J supplement for them to go ahead and do so once you join them. Or, uh, but uh, if I get a green card, uh, suppose in the meantime, if I get the green card uh, also, yeah. I, can, I can change the employer immediately, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. But, but one more small question, ma'am. Like, uh, um, I think we're going to have to go to someone else. Sorry. Small question. Like, uh, can I stop the, my employment otherwise? for some time. When you get your green what? card, you don't need any other authorization. You can just change jobs. Kumar? Hi. Am I audible? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to know whether if uh, AC21 rule is applicable for L1A people, like L1A can uh, uh, take up a new uh, under AC21 if uh, yeah. the EAD yeah. is available. 
So is your I-140 in the EB1C category then? Yes, yes, it is approved. I-140 is approved and uh, 485 has been filed more than 180 days back. Okay, it is a bit more difficult in that because your, your I-140 is based on employment with, you know, as a multinational manager with that organization. You yeah. could theoretically switch to a different entity within that organization using AC21 long as you or are not still... with any other outside organization i can't right yeah oh okay is it i have seen because in even in my notice there is there is an option that you can change job uh, that is written in the, the the notice that i received because on the uh, for it if it is uh, ac21 you can change job yeah that is true um to a different uh, entity within the multinational organization. Mm -hmm. And one more question, like uh, my son uh, is uh, like in college and he wants uh, to use his EAD while I am on L1A. Is it possible that he can go ahead and use his EAD uh, while I am on L1A or will that impact my status? Um, you have to be careful. I would discuss with your attorney um, because depending on your son's age and when your priority date becomes becomes or became current? No, it's already current. Priority date is current okay. and he Before he got locked. Okay. Yeah, his age got locked and definitely locked. If the I-140 is approved um, and his uh, age is locked and it's just a matter of waiting for the I-45 to be processed, I would say it should be fine for him to use the EAD. Okay, so that will not Bhavna? Hi, Rebecca. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. So thanks for taking my call. Uh, so my question is, uh, like I got H1B uh, like picked up and uh, like uh, I, have, I have to head submit for the petition to the USCIS. Uh, in the like uh, the main question is like uh, in the last year like I have benefited of the reckless driving in Virginia, like uh, which is a class one misdemeanor there. Uh, Repeat that last part. Uh, like uh, I, I was convicted for the reckless driving charge uh, in oh, Virginia. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like uh, like uh, I was driving uh, ninety four in the fifty five lane, and. Okay. Uh, Okay, so for filing the H-1B application, that won't be an issue um, because the H-1B application doesn't ask about any prior criminal violations. What you need to be careful about is when you go for visa stamping. I would definitely consult one-on-one -on -one with an employer, um, sorry, with an attorney before you do any international travel because there is a good chance that um, any prior arrests or anything in your criminal record, even if it is ultimately expunged or dismissed, um, it's likely that it will come up at the consulate. So you need to be very well prepared before you travel internationally. So definitely consult one-on-one -on -one with an attorney before you do any international travel. But for your F1 to H1B change of status application, that should not be an issue. You don't even, you're not required to mention it actually in the application. 
okay so like uh, i i guarantee don't know because when uh, in my employment background screening that did not pop up as an criminal uh, charges anywhere so uh, like can i keep in ds160 as no for when going to stamping you if the ds160 asks about that you have to answer truthfully just because it doesn't okay. on an employer's background check um that doesn't mean the consulate will not become aware of it they become aware of um a lot like even uh any uh DUIs somehow get reported to the state department and get put on people's records even if you're not going to the consulate for stamping so i would definitely disclose it to anywhere that it is asked specifically by the consulate by USCIS if you are specifically asked definitely disclose it but you won't need to disclose it just on the h1b application okay so like the last question is like uh, what are the chances of rejecting or uh, approving the visa stamping based on the reckless driving um you're going to need to discuss that in uh with an attorney to kind of go through what happens with the case and um the ultimate disposition of the criminal case most likely it won't be an issue but you'll need to discuss that with an attorney one on one Okay, uh, Gayatri, we can do one more question. Sure, Rebecca. Ranga? Hi, uh, my question is, uh, I received a medical RFP and uh, I did not submit my birth certificate due to non-availability. And the RFP doesn't ask for a birth certificate or any associated document. Should I still go ahead and submit that or only submit the medicals? Um if it's only asking for the medicals just submit the medical exam and just okay. yeah do it quickly because then it may be that USCIS is fine with whatever you submitted okay so is that medicals i i can send by myself or i need to send it yeah. to only yeah you can send it by yourself um if you got the rfp pages from USCIS just put the medical exam with those rfp pages in an envelope and send it to the address on the rfp no additional explanation or argument is needed that that doesn't give with any RFP address as such it, though it came from texas it didn't send all it says okay, is like send to this address be, yeah then send it to the texas service center address that's on that first page the 6046 beltline road oh okay okay thank you that's all i got okay uh gayatri we can do one more jashwant jashwant yeah uh so hey um yeah uh, so i have a situation like my uh, i94 got expired uh, uh, last year and uh, unfortunately i couldn't travel out of uh, us because of uh, covid situations to my country and um, uh, so i i recently got my h1b extension approved as well uh, so is there a chance i can go and renew my i94 like traveling to mexico or canada borders Um okay so you got the extension approved with the I94 attachment at the bottom Um I didn't get the document yet from attorney so I have to check on that Okay yeah um yeah you do need to check on that um to see if the I94 attachment is at the bottom of the I797 approval notice so for automatic revalidation you do need that I94 attachment from USCIS Uh so what if if it's not there If it's not there then you need to get a visa stamp. 
Oh, I need to go and get the visa stamp, and then I do have a stamping till next year. Oh, okay. So your visa is not expired. My visa is not expired, but I ninety four is expired because of my passport expired. Oh, I see. Okay, it got cut off by CBP. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then actually, yeah. What even if the I seven nine seven doesn't have the extension, the I ninety four attached? Yeah, you can take. You can just make a weekend trip. Mexico. Canada does require a visitor visa, so if you don't already have one there, um, it may be difficult to try to get one. So I would just go to Mexico for the weekend. You can come back with your valid visa stamp, your extended I-797 approval notice, and your new passport, and you should get a new I-94 that matches your extended I-797 end date. Okay. Okay. So any complications or uh, no? There should not be. No, because even in, in your case, you're not even doing automatically validation. Your visa is already valid. Yeah. You're kind of fixing the, the early cutoff of the top okay. ending for. Okay. Thank you. That's it. Okay. okay. I think we will have to end the conference here for today. Um, if you have questions that we weren't able to get to, you can schedule a consultation with one of our attorneys um, or the next conference will be Monday, I believe at the same time, 3.30 central time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.